0: You're listening to the Versus Node Podcast, presented by Gamernode.com. Welcome to episode 52 of the Versus Node Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Inzotto. And I'm here with a jolly gang, a trio, a a band of merry men. First we have Jason Finelli. How you doing, Jason? I am great.
1: I'm a little sick. But other than that, I am
0: okay. Everyone's always sick on podcasts. I
1: don't know. Hey, man. This is the first time I've had any kind of illness in four years. Wow. Good for you. I hate it. I I don't like it. I want it to go away.
0: I guess bad for you now. Mm -hmm. But good that we record our podcast via Skype and not in a room together.
1: Right. Yeah. Or else you might get a scratch in your throat. Yeah, it's not like I'm falling over dead. It's just just a little head cold. I'll be all yeah. right.
0: Also here with us is Josh Robinson coming from, from the mountains of North Carolina where he actually experienced
2: cold weather for once. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no. See, we get cold weather. The difference is we don't often get snow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it got down below zero a couple times. That's not very fun. Oh, okay. Not Cowabunga-ing, I guess. No, no, no. More of a, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Definitely not Cowabunga-ing. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, a
0: man who is no stranger to the snow and ice and the furies of nor'easters, hailing from New York, Mike Murphy. How you doing, man?
3: <laughs> not bad. You know, they like to call Winterfell my second home. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you could probably survive there. Yep. Anyway, we're warm because we're sitting inside like nerds, um, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about the games that we've been playing lately. Which is perfect because when you have to stay inside, that's a perfect thing to do. Um, I don't know who would like to start. Raise your hand, Josh. Can't
3: see anything. <laughs> 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 does work. You already told them that we're
1: not in the same room. <laughs>
0: So what have you been playing, Josh?
2: Uh, well, I've been playing this pretty much continuously since June. Um, Animal Crossing: New Leaf for 3DS. Yeah, which, since June, huh? Yeah, well, and, and I mean, like, it is—it's one of the few games where you can play every day and typically experience something a little different, a little new, and you don't have to put that much time into it. Um, I think at this point, I've only got like 160 hours in it. Um, and so I mean that's that's like Only. roughly playing like forty five minutes a day. Now I I don't, you know, I think I played a lot more to start out with, so I played less recently. So it kind of uh, looks a little skewed, but uh, yeah, it's 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 cool because I I just finally got a uh, a police station in nice. my town. And uh, the 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 bad thing is that you have to choose between your police officers. So like if you've played the other Animal Crossing games, you know you've got Copper and you've got. Um, Ah, shoot, what's the other guy? Booker. Right, the, and, the beagle and the bulldog, right? Or yeah, yeah, like that. So, so Booker is, is the bulldog, and he's sort of like a dumpy kind of a, um, I wouldn't call him dumb, but he's not bright, and uh, so anyway, you have to choose between the two, so I've I've got copper, but it it's sucks. still nice and snowy in my town of pallet. Uh. (laughs) so yeah i'm I'm having fun i still love that game and and it's cool because it's always going to change by the day and by the season so i'll be playing that for a while nice nice anybody else get
1: into animal crossing i uh got it when it first came out back in june i played it with him for i played it for a while I, i think i went to your town once or twice um, and now, my village mates probably think I'm a huge asshole, because <laughs> I haven't been there in a couple of months, I'm going to turn the game back on, and that stupid white bunny, who I was mean to anyway, is probably just going to stab my character, and I'm going to start all over.
2: You're going to step outside your house, and it's just going to be weeds everywhere.
1: That's right. <laughs> weeds, the, uh, preferred plant
2: of Fanville, whoever the hell my
0: town's is. <laughs> I kind of like that, though. I, um... I never really got into anything other than the original Animal Crossing. Like, I played a little bit of, um, I guess it was Wild World was the first handheld one. Yep. But um, but the, the first one on GameCube, I really got into, and uh, I left my town of Gunts, which is a reference to a 1990s RPG on the Super Nintendo. That could be a trivia question for another day. Um, I left it for eight years. And I recently (laughs) went back and played and everyone was like, it's been like 400 and and something weeks since you've, since you visited. I was like, wow, that's a good way to count. (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was almost exactly eight years and basically every stitch of land that wasn't covered by a tree or or some building had a, a weed in it. It was crazy. But it was kind of nice. It was like you know the waving wheat fields of Middle America or something. <laughs> I don't know.
1: The waving weed fields, which doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, in Colorado. <laughs>
1: yes. There you
0: go. Um, so so, New Leaf really gained a lot of traction for the Animal Crossing series. What actually do you guys think made it so appealing over the previous
2: games? Well. I think the fact that uh, th- this one seems to be even more customizable than the previous ones mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the different things you can get for your town. Like, you know, the the townspeople can request certain items they want in town. And because you're the mayor, you actually have, you know, like a say in, in the like these different ordinances and everything. You can customize it a lot more to your liking. So, per- like, what I've done is I've enacted the uh, – I forget the actual name of it, but basically – everything costs more, but people get more money for the things that they sell. Uh, so I don't, I think you actually do end up getting a bit more money that way, but you can only have one ordinance in effect at one time. So like, for instance, if you would rather have uh, daytime in the game at night, like if you work a job where you can't play during the day, um, you can do that, but you can't have the, the more, you know, the more money coming in the bells. And then there was the, uh, well, can't you just change your system clock to do that, or is that not, no longer Not anymore. A trick? Not anymore. Yeah, they 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 got a way to to cancel that out. So, oh, okay. Uh, you, you can't all have that workaround now. And then the other option I think is like the beautification ordinance, where like basically all of your uh, town's folk will keep everything clean. They'll keep the weeds pulled, so you don't have to worry about it. But it's just it's I don't know. It's a really endearing game. Um, the fact that this one has a better online you know feature than say. Wild World, and even City Folk, which, you know, I don't know if they ever need to make another console version of Animal Crossing because it works so well in a handheld format. It's so easy just to like, you know, if you're going somewhere or if you're just like, you know, sitting on the couch or something, you just pick it up, you play for a few minutes and you're done for the day. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's got a lot more going for it. You know, uh, it's not drastically different from the previous ones, but they've made a lot of incremental changes between each iteration to where this one now is sort of like the, the pinnacle, you know, the, the cornerstone of the series. It's, it's just, it's, it's everything about it's well done. Nice.
0: That's pretty cool. Good to hear. That might be a contender for our 3DS games of the year, but um, you had another one on 3DS you've been playing, right?
2: Yeah. And I've not put as much time into that one yet, but that's Pokemon X. And uh, this is really the first one that I've played, like, uh, in a real dedicated manner since, actually, since Pokemon Silver for uh, Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I played, uh, I played Pokemon Blue, played Silver. Didn't play anything until Black 2 came out, and I barely played that. So started this. The thing that really uh, interested me was the fact that I could pretty much get all of the original Pokemon because I I got to be honest, I'm not really feeling like a lot of the newer ones. Yeah. Uh, so you the think they're reaching I, at this point? Oh, absolutely. I'm like really just the, some. I mean, some of the new ones are pretty cool, but some of them you can tell they're just like, yeah, you know, they don't they didn't really care about this Pokemon. You know, it looks like somebody just crapped them out and and put <laughs> words together to make a name. But overall, it's 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 really fun. I think the the battling aspect, the trading, and everything. Is a lot more, uh, uh, in you know, in depth than this one. You can do a th- thing called like a wonder trade, where basically you put up any Pokemon that you want, and um, you know, other people are doing the same thing, and so you can end up with something really cool. You can end up with something really crappy, so you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, but I- I've not, I've only got like 30 hours in it so far, and, and I've I've talked to people who have already put like you know 200 300 hours into it, which. Uh, It's kind of so much time excessive, but some people absolutely love it. But it's it's cool, it's fun. Um, It's I think it's a little easy actually. It's not as much of a challenge as I remember. But um, the thing that I really do like is like the mega evolution, which is like sort of like an in battle evolution that your Pokemon can take on that you know ends after the battle's over. Uh, so they get even even stronger, but it's it's cool. I'm just trying to collect actually, like like I said, a lot of the originals. I've got Char- uh, Charizard, I've got Pikachu. Nice. Um, hopefully, uh, I'm trying to get a Mewtwo. I don't know how rare they are in this one, but I'd like to get my hands on one of those. So it's it's good. It's it, and of course I we didn't even mention this. This is the first one that's actually in 3D. That's not based on sprites. You know, it's actual polygons on this one. So. It's it's sort of a step in a different direction. I would like to see them, you know, I think everyone would like to see them make a, a new console uh, version where they really got to, you know, use the effects of a, of a much more powerful system. But I don't know if we'll see that or not.
1: Now, see, in my case, I think it renders the consoles' games useless. Be- it, it, as long as they're still the stadium approach. Right. Because the reason you played Stadium on the Nintendo 64 was so that the Pokemon battles that were 8-bit sprites on a Game Boy would come to life on your television. Oh, and it was, it was amazing, too. And it was glorious. But <laughs> now, Pokemon X can do that without needing the other game. Mm.
0: Sure. Now, why can't we have like a large-scale console RPG with Pokemon
2: a la a Level 5 game? Right, and that's that's kinda what I was getting at there. Like I think I, I don't know why they haven't. Maybe I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't think it's the time is right. I just have to because, think that it's because
1: that idea is behind a pane of glass. <laughs> Only break when actually in dire emergency. Yeah. Right now you'd think with all the reports that they need it, but they don't need it yet. Yeah. That's like their last ditch before succumbing to the iOS. <laughs> that that's well,
2: gonna be like the day when when all you know fourteen billion of their dollars are gone, right? And and they're just trying to stay alive, which I don't think is ever gonna happen. And they're like, okay, this is it, you know. Goodness, Pokemon on iOS would like dominate,
0: uh, would take over uh, the world.
2: Oh, uh, uh, that sounds so gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does. it's
2: the
1: purest in me is.
0: Well, I'm not oh, advocating no. it. I just I just <laughs> know that if they did it, like just imagine. Right. Be on every phone. Boo hits. What do you guys I think don't... is the best Pokemon game of the of the standard RPGs?
2: I have Golden a soft spot silver. for Blue, but as I play it right now, as as like an actual game,
1: I would say Pokemon X. Hmm. And you say Gold and Silver, Jason. I mean, Pokemon X and Y do it the best, but you got to have a little bit of nostalgia in there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gold and Silver. Play the shit out of those games. And the,
2: the awesome part about that was that you could go back to the Kanto region you yeah, know, where you'd been before, and it was just, oh, it's so amazing. Two games in one. It was awesome. So, the way I
0: see the Pokemon stable of characters is that you have your originals, and I feel like you really know them almost as characters, as personalities, and all the new ones are just like no names or like, you know, just like throwaway. So yeah. Because I guess because the originals had cartoons and stuff going along with them, and they were really fleshed out and then put in a bunch of different games and now it's just like numbers, numbers, numbers.
2: Well, and I, I kind of feel like you know some people will will just you know attribute that to to nostalgia but and and I mean and, you know that is true to some length, but I would also say that if you actually if you go and you just if you were to look at all, I don't know what do they have like 700 and some Pokemon now. Um if you were to look at all of them, you would progressively see them get like less and less distinctive and in, in their actual appearance. I, I think the originals had because they didn't have, you know, such a surplus, they were able to make them all very distinct and in, in their own thing. But you start looking at the new ones and it's um like I said, some of them are cool, but a lot of them just don't stand out at all. Uh the names are kinda weird. Uh so I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're doing a good job, but at the same time, I think at some point they may have to kind of pull it back a little bit and maybe not. Just be like, okay, this is the number. This is yeah, how I many mean, there are. I mean, I just get the feeling that like, by the time I'm like you know, 40, which, wow, that's only like 15 years away. That's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> that's really weird to say, actually. But but I feel like by the time I'm 40, what are we going to have, like 2,000 Pokemon or something like that? Probably. I Probably. Mean, that's just, I mean, because really, realistically, we're not that far off from it, so. Mm. Well, we'll see. If, if Pokemon just take over <laughs> all of video games. Or do they decide to take Pokemon in a different direction and, like, start over brand new with sort of a, a different iteration of it? They make a game maybe... just called Pokemon 2. Yeah, oh, I mean. What? <laughs> what or, that Or mean? simply just Pokemon. Yeah. Like, no colors, no lettering
0: or anything like that. The next generation. The final frontier.
2: <laughs> space Pokemon. Pokemon know. Picard. Yeah.
3: Pokemon in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness.
0: Okay, Mike. So what, what have you? What have you been playing over there? We haven't heard a lot um, from you with all this DS talk.
3: Uh, I'll switch it over to console talk, and um, I've been getting my hands on and playing some more of. Uh, W 2k14 lately uh i got to play it for a little bit when it first released but not too much um and then i recently just this past week uh decided to pick it up and buy it myself uh because i've been playing with my brother and he had enticed me to go ahead and purchase it so i've been i've been playing the crap out of that over the last week i beat the uh road to wrestlemania or no 30 years of wrestlemania mode and I also uh, did the beat the streak mode and actually did beat the streak, which, uh, for those who aren't um, informed on that mode, it's essentially where you face the Undertaker at WrestleMania yeah. and he has put on the hardest possible difficulty you can face and then some. And there are certain points in the mode where he will hit his finisher out of nowhere. Unless you counter it, you time a counter perfectly, you're gonna get hit, and you have to pray to God that you can kick out. I love it. It's It's
0: brutal. Undertaker is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time.
2: I was just about to ask: Is he still wrestling?
0: (laughs) He
3: wrestles. He wrestles once a year on WrestleMania now, and that's it. (laughs)
0: That's so weird. Um, Did you do do a Royal Rumble?
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't done a Royal Rumble yet. But that is one of my favorite to play as.
0: I figured that would be a good reason to jump back into that game, because that was just uh, last Sunday,
3: right? Yeah, Yeah, but I don't know. And it was an awesome
0: show, I
2: hear. No. (laughs) 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 Let's let's reserve judgment on that. (laughs) I think the last uh, wrestling game that I really ever played, actually probably the only one I ever really got into, was No Mercy on the '64
0: no mercy Okay, I played that one a lot
2: and like I, I, never, I was never even into wrestling but I just had so much fun playing that game yeah well, those were the best
0: wrestling games of all time that whole series made by uh, AKI asmik yeah my opinion
3: Band. yeah the the thing that I like the most about this game is it took the uh it took last year's uh, Attitude Era and turned it into the 30 years of WrestleMania mode which is essentially a his- a good history lesson for anybody who um is a wrestling fan or knows nothing about wrestling um and wants to know how the WWE got as popular as it was or what matches and contests over the years during its biggest event of the year WrestleMania um, made its mark on the history of the company. So you'll go back and you can play like um, the under- some of The Undertaker's first matches that started his infamous streak. You can be um, Hogan facing Andre the Giant. Uh, you can be The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin as, as they duke it out three times in a main event. Um, you can be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat facing off against uh, Macho Man Randy Savage uh, in their epic WrestleMania 3 fight. And some of these will have video packages to add to uh, the, the knowledge, basically giving you more of a background of what created the feud, what caused the feud, the storyline going into it, so you get a full grasp. And it's not like in-game cutscenes. It's actual historical video footage uh, packaged together for the sake of the game. Uh, and they have optional historical objectives, so if you want to actually play the match and watch the match kind of play out with big moments from what actually happened, you can meet these historical objectives by doing certain things at certain moments, which will enact cut cut scenes that are are sometimes just scenes that happen, sometimes they're QTEs, um, but they're really great at just capturing um, basically the essence and the aura of the match, and I think that this is probably the best story mode that uh that's ever been in a wrestling game period because not only is it um fun but it's also informational and allows you to relive or experience get a feel or taste for these these historical great matches that have helped make wwe what it is today
2: that's cool that that they're paying that much attention to their history though i mean like uh I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know enough about wrestling. Like, I, I don't know, do they have? I don't know if they have like seasons or whatever, like they do in like baseball and football. But it seems like you have a lot more uh, flexibility to bring in, you know, uh, old, like certain characters and, and older wrestlers that, you know, you can't really do in other in other um, other sports games in the same way. So it seems like they do a really good job of sort of uh, paying tribute to the stuff that came before and, and really letting you kind of have fun with that stuff. Yeah, I guess
0: that's true. Imagine, imagine injecting
2: that sort of thing into a baseball
0: game. You know, for notable seasons like you know the '86 Mets or or whatever else. Some, I don't know some yeah. Braves team that Josh probably Happy. remembers. <laughs> Nineteen
2: ninety-five. Oh. There you go.
1: Well, the football games used to do that. They used to have like the classic, like big-time football teams like the the Cowboys of the '90s and stuff like that. I don't know why other sports don't do it. Yeah. yeah, well, I think,
2: um, I know that with the show, they haven't done as much of this, like with the past couple of, of installations, but, or installments, but um, I know that they used to, at one point, they had a lot of the different um, ball fields, like, they had, uh, which, um, the polo grounds, and they had, like, uh, like the old uh, Red Stadium, I think, in, in, in Cincinnati, and it was really cool, because you could go back and play in, like, these old ballparks that don't even exist anymore. And they had uh, like some different eras of players. I know one had like Babe Ruth and um, Ty Cobb, one had like Hank Aaron and that kind of stuff. But it was cool. Um, So you had like sort of like an all star team from these different eras. But I don't think they have that currently.
3: Yeah. I think it would be cool if they also uh, took like the way that the way that uh, this uh, 30 years WrestleMania mode works is kind of like how in Madden you have the Madden moments or in NHL in the NHL series, you have the, um, uh, the NHL, I can't remember what the mode's called, but like the NHL moments where it's moments from like the last season from like the season before from like the playoffs and the regular season, like regular moments. It's like if the N it's like if EA took Madden and NHL with those and just decided to be like, well, let's do that for like the history. Like, let's go back further from last season and pick like memorable playoff moments from years before and i think that'd be a really cool thing to see um ea or 2k do with other sports franchises
2: yeah i, I, I almost went like and I'm, I'm usually not a uh, proponent of like dlc that's just a bad word to me generally but in some cases i think it's warranted so like that that kind of like makes me think maybe it's not a part of the you know, game that you buy on disc, but if you're someone who really wants that extra content like that, you know, because that's that would be a lot of stuff to really flesh out, but, you know, maybe pay eight or nine bucks for a whole sort of like
3: historical package of of content for whatever sport it is. Yeah. You could have situations like, you know, with the eighty six Mets, it'll it'll you'll be like in the eighth or ninth inning or whatever inning it was in that famous World Series game and your task will be to uh, direct a uh, like swing the bat and direct a hit towards the first baseman, and if you can do that, then like a cutscene happens where it goes under his fi- under his uh legs, and the Mets win the World Series, <laughs> just stuff like that.
1: Oh, I don't know, man. I think I think Boston would burn if he did something like that. I love it. I well, love that's it. Let's example.
0: work on it. Okay, let's move away from sports. Um, I guess the other game is sort of like a sport too that you were playing, Mike.
3: Oh, yes, it is sort of like a sport. It gets very competitive among certain people. Um, luckily, I'm not very com- pe- highly competitive, or I just enjoy the fun with this one, unlike with other military shooters. No, like veins in
0: popping in your forehead while you're, while yeah. you're playing the yeah, game, I'm not, screaming. I'm not, a,
3: I'm not a little German kid just slamming my keyboard up against my desk and screaming obscenities. Oh, God, remember games. that video? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. I've been playing... Uh, I got Battlefield 4 for Christmas, and I've been playing that a lot uh, in, over the last couple weeks as well. And I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Um, but I think one of the reasons why I've migrated over more towards Battlefield in recent years than, say, Call of Duty or even maybe Halo is the fact that Battlefield is really makes you feel like you're accomplishing something with its leveling system and also with its points and role system. So... My K- my KD could be atrocious. I could be like 4 and 20. Uh, but if I'm repairing vehicles... That's great for vehicles, me. <laughs> if, I, if I'm repairing vehicles or giving my, my squad mates ammo so that way they can take out the enemies so that way they're not dying or if I can revive and heal them and everything, I'm still getting points for that. I'm still contributing to victory in some small way. And doing each of those things... Um, not only like gets me points for the team, but it also hel- allows me to level up and get more unlocks. So, I really like the incentive on team play. I think I put like maybe thirty hours into Battlefield 4 since I picked it up, and I'm I think I've only reached like level ten, but I'm I'm having a, a blast just trying out all the different types of game of uh, game modes and all the different classes and just seeing. What each class can do, what their benefits are, what the benefits to each weapon and uh, and per and perks and upgrades and you know grips and muzzles and all that various different stuff. The just so in depth, getting out, getting it, being able to try all that out and it not to not have like people yelling at me because you know oh you're not your KD sucks you're 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 a terrible player just get off our our server. It's <laughs> it's it's refreshing from what i've what i've gone through like maybe like three four years ago in the call of duty games that i used to play all the time
0: have the environments been been meeting your expectations
3: yes and no i mean the environments are incredibly pretty and i do love running around those maps because some of them are so open that it's awesome to be able to go to so many different locations and be able to flank enemies in all different types of uh, ways and being able to traverse the maps in tanks and helicopters is awesome, but um, I've come to find that people don't really use the evolutions as often as you think they would, or as often as we maybe perceived they would uh, when we first saw the game revealed. I normally the only levolution I normally see is in um, the Siege of Shanghai map, which is the map that was being shown off at E3 and in the demo, and that's the one with the building collapsing.
0: Yeah.
3: But most most other levolutions, I don't really see people going through the effort of actually like trying to cause them. They're more focused on just running around and shooting each other.
0: That sucks. I wonder if that was more prevalent in the earliest days of the game's release. You know, like when people were first getting online and first trying out each new level, they really strove to make those things happen. And then as they've seen them over and over, they're just like, ah, forget it. Let's just shoot each
1: other. That, that
0: could Might be... be the case. No. Anyway.
1: Jason, what have you been playing? I have been playing a couple of really good things. I want to start with um, Assassin's Creed 4 because I know that you... Have different opinions than I've been whining I
0: about it. You have.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but if you're going to use those words, Shining, it's not. true. Um, I thought this was the most engaging Assassin's Creed since Brotherhood, but I don't think it was better than two. Mm. Okay, why? Where it falls below two is the ending, the ending of the game. I'm not going to give anything up, but. Yep. Every Assassin's Creed game has a twist, right? hmm Assassin's Creed 2 is probably one of the best game twists of all time. Five years almost since Assassin's Creed 2, so I'm allowed to talk about this. Where Minerva is talking to Ezio, but not really talking to Ezio. That's awesome. Brotherhoods was interesting. Revelations, okay. Assassin's Creed 3, uh. No. And 4, 4's twist is interesting, But it's it's more of a like a misdirection. Like you definitely think one thing and then something else happens. And you're just kind of like, oh, that's nice. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. really have the same impact that two's had. You know what I mean? Like I still think about the first time I watched that scene in two and remembering how I felt about it. But I don't know that I'm going to remember the ending of four as much. That said, um, the game is awesome. Yeah. Sailing around the, the yeah. The tell horizon. us about that. The sailing and the map. And the everything map is like the that. longest. There's so much to do. Like I, I spent. I I usually I usually pride myself on doing everything in a game, mm-hmm. like going to every location, getting every viewpoint and stuff like that. I didn't do that in three. I found three to be tedious. This I did not find to be tedious. This I loved sailing to different, seeing an island that I hadn't been to before. Running up there, sometimes there's only like a chest or an animus fragment. Sometimes it's a whole big island that has missions that I can do and stuff like that. Um, and there's fast traveling. So it's, it's not if you're on one side of the map and you have to get to the other, you can easily do it real quickly if you're in a rush. But sailing there is way too enjoyable to miss out on it regularly. Because mm. you're just sailing along. You can see a ship. If you want to attack the ship, you can do that. You can just kind of hang out and just pass it by. But as you're, as you're sailing, the pirates start singing. There's like 50 sea shanties. 50 shanties in this game. And they're all awesome. Like There were some that I'm walking around in Aruba last week, and I'm singing them while I'm in the ocean because I felt like, oh, cool, I'm in the Caribbean. Let's sing a shanty. Yeah. You know, I second myself, uh, of course, I didn't draw any attention, but it, it was it's just really cool. To, it's, it's a very immersive thing to be sailing, hearing the waves, and then all of a sudden they break out into song, which I imagine is what they would have done back in the old days.
0: Yeah. It's I mean, really, what else are you going to do, right?
1: Right. I mean, and there are so many that you start the game with, but in each town, if you recall in Assassin's Creed 3, there were Ben Franklin's journals, which were pages that ran away from you. Yeah. And if you grab them here, it's shanties. So if you grab the piece of paper, there's a possibility you could hear a different shanty as you're sailing. So I think there's, like I said, total there's like 50 of them, maybe a little less. 53 wow. maybe. Um, but they're all really cool and definitely were. But combat is the same. Assassin's Creed. Um, well, a, a it's sort of, of the same. A couple of little things that make it different. I, I found it to be a lot harder to counter. In this game, like the button press was a little more precise, hmm. um, and you know the the weapons that you get you've 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 used before. I don't remember anything really new, besides the the double swords. Um, and even then, that's that's not all that new. My favorite uh, weapon is eventually you unlock pistol swords, <laughs> so you like you stab a guy with both <laughs> swords, and then you just press the trigger and it blows him away.
2: Like um, was it Squall? In, yep, uh, Gunblade, Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah. It's exactly what I thought when I first saw
1: it. I'm like, <laughs> yep. Oh, great. He's going to turn into a moody, temperamental bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, he never did that. I like the character of Edward Kenway, and I also like that basically throughout the entire adventure, he's acting like an assassin, but he's not an assassin. But he's
0: not really one. That That was sort of weird to me from a narrative standpoint that you start out of the game and you're not an assassin yet you do all the assassin things, and there are parts <laughs> where like groups of assassins come out and you just kill them easily, which just seemed weird because normally you're an assassin and you kill everyone else easily, so it, ju- it just didn't really make sense to me.: well, like, it's, these it's, are it's, supposed it's... to be
1: elite fighters to <laughs> in a
3: special case. Yeah. I guess you're, you're, assassin, you're
1: assuming now. that every assassin has the capability of Ezio. And I, I suppose that's, that ain't right. <laughs> at, well, at boy. So uh let me see
2: I haven't played I haven't played this one yet, but um at least from what I understand, uh you do not have um I've uh completely gone brain dead that you don't have what's his face in the picture. Um Desmond. Yeah, Desmond. You don't have him in the picture in this game, so this is, is uh, I'm assuming is being told in a way that is not through the Animus. Is that right?
1: Oh, oh no, it's S2. still through the Animus, but now the Animus is a is a uh, commercial consumer gaming system.
2: Oh, that's right. I saw the first person part where it's supposed to. It looks looks like Google or something. Like yes, you work at Google, <laughs> you're at so you'd be Entertainment. Okay, gotcha. Well, so um, I know that they've got the uh, the HD uh, console version of of the PSP or the, the PS Vita uh, version coming out. Uh, what was that? Um, Assassin's Creed 3. Something. Liberation. Yeah. So I assume they're not really adding anything in that story. They're just bringing it to consoles, correct?
1: That's correct. But that's where the idea of Abstergo Entertainment started. Okay. So, so that's still going to be like an integral part of this story then. Uh, if they're going to go that route, then yeah, we probably should play it. Okay. I just started that actually. I'm so, uh, not far enough into it to say anything. But oh,
2: oh, it's out. Is it? Yeah. Is it the came out. Uh, came out this past Tuesday, I think. Okay, cool. Is it a, a download yep. a option? Okay, sweet. Well, so having said all that, knowing I have not played this one, um, where do you see them going next with Assassin's Creed? Because as I have to admit, I actually like three far better than you know. I didn't play the the trilogy for for two. I played two, but I didn't play the three that, that followed it. Um, but do you think they're going to continue on the same sort of uh, formulaic kind of thing? Like, you know, because once you've played an Assassin's Creed game, you have a basic understanding of what you're going to be doing and all the rest. Um, not to say that they're not good, but, you know, same kind of problem you get like with Zelda. You have a very solid set of rules that they play by every time and you kind of have an idea of what to expect. Are they going to continue that way, do you think? Or are they going to switch it up a bit?
1: I think you're always going to have the core Assassin's Creed experience, that's never going to go away. But I feel like it's going to depend on where the next game is set. Does that make sense? Yeah. there, There could be variations. If the next game is set in Japan and you're a ninja, then obviously it's going to be a lot more stealth based. Sure. Whereas here you're a pirate, so you can do either one. You can be stealthy or you can go in guns blazing. Other than that, I don't see Assassin's Creed changing as far as what's going on in the past. What's going on in the present, the end of this game introduces something very interesting. And it's not something that I can talk about unless you've beaten it. Sure, yeah. It's a very interesting foundation they're laying. How do you guys feel
0: about the change in the core climbing controls? You know, from in the past you know from Ezio and earlier you had your ability to either sprint or sprint and climb but you could choose to not climb all over stuff you know you you hold down the the A button if you wanna actually climb up stuff and just the R button if you don't and you just wanna run Because that infuriated me like every time I tried to go somewhere I either had to walk or I would climb on everything that I didn't want to. I Like, agree. there's no precision anymore. It the old games were precise.
1: That's true. I, I 100% agree with you on that. And I wish they would change it back. Because that's also infuriating. Because I run around like an idiot sometimes. It just happens. Mm. And I climb on stuff that I don't want to climb on. And the next thing I know, I let go of the buttons. And he's jumping into a group of guards that I'm trying to avoid. Mm. And I fail the mission for being... Detected, and I have to start all over again. So yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I also feel um, like I I really expected something out
0: of this whole franchise that it's gotten away from. I feel like I personally have felt like this the series has been on a decline ever since too. But the reason for that is because I feel like they're going more toward, you know, your standard kind of GTA open world stuff, throw everything at the world and and, uh, you know, let you let you pick and choose, and maybe it's fun, maybe it's boring, whatever, and you get to follow people around a lot and have long conversations while taking strolls. But, um, I don't know, I feel like the game just really got too big for its own good, and, and I really enjoyed the more grounded um, concepts that I thought that they were going to continue with, and, and now it just seems different. I don't know if anyone really thinks about that, or just kind of kind of takes it for more for what it is now at this point or if you well, guys kind of wish that there was something along those lines too.
3: Well, I do agree that the franchise needs to do more to capture that stealth element, but I don't know what okay. I mean
0: is that it's not all about just adding options for stealth. The the idea that it was that it was simplistic w- was somehow better for me. I don't know.
1: I find myself using stealth just as much, if not more, because yeah. I just don't want to get caught. Yeah. Like, I want to go in as cleanly as possible, do my thing, and get out. So if I can stay stealthy, that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. Um, so I still find myself, like, I still revel in jumping off a roof and killing two guys at once. I, I'm a big fan of the whistling to bring a guy over and then killing him and leaving him in the bush. I do that. I still do all that. Until they take that away from me, I still there's still a the stealth element. I don't know
2: anyway, we talked a lot I, about this game <laughs> i I've, I've got one thing I just want to throw out there before we move on. Okay. Um, you know a minute ago when I mentioned the NSA, I was just kidding, but I started thinking about it <laughs> and um and uh, with Splinter Cell, the third echelon is part of the nSA, and that's obviously an Ubisoft property. Do you think you know with uh, Assassin's Creed having a presence? In you know present day and in sort of a future, uh, you know, slight future, oh my do you God, think they crossover. may have like? I think they can make it work. Spies versus assassins, like that, kind of gets me excited.
3: Well, there's also the fact that I believe in Watchdogs. People have noticed there were hints towards Abstergo too. Yes, and, and oh. uh, in, in Assassin's
1: Creed Four, you can, uh, in the present day, you can hack people's computers and uh, pull information. And one of the things you pull is a primer on CTOS. Ubisoft is combining all three <laughs> of their franchises into
2: one. How awesome would that be? Like, That'd be weird. <laughs> I, I think it'd be. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah, because because in a lot of ways, like the spies and you know Splinter Cell with Sam Fisher and everything, they are kind of like the assassins. I mean, you can't just walk around like you know in public like they do in those games, but uh, in a lot of ways, it's just it's sort of the same approach for those guys. They are so liable to pull that on
0: us too, because watchdogs we really don't know the story behind. So it and if you remember when Assassin's Creed first came out, they didn't tell us anything about the modern day story until the game was actually already out. True. So they might just be doing some craziness like that. I could see it. It'd be cool.
2: Oh, I'm getting giddy and it's not even real yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Okay, let's let's get away from all this stuff.
1: Um, what else have you been playing, Jason? I actually this week uh, repurchased a Vita, so Yay. I am now Woo. back at full strength as far as having all of the current systems. Um, and I the first thing I wanted to play was Tearaway, and I'm very glad I'm doing so yeah, a because good I find it I find it to be very charming. I find it to be very nice, and I love using the back panel for stuff. Like, you hit the back panel and the drum thing makes him jump or, or your finger comes out and it lifts the thing so he can so Iota can walk through. It's very cool. But my one complaint, it's a minor complaint, is that I wasn't prepared to be the sun. So I'm play- <laughs> I started playing it as soon as I woke up at 8 in the morning and all of a sudden there I am in the sun and I'm like, Oh my God! Oh. <laughs> I look terrible. <laughs> like, oh. I was not prepared for this. I was not, I didn't realize it was going to go all Teletubbies on. Where is my like, makeup either, artist? <laughs> uh, Where is my makeup artist? You're but, fired, Audrey. I wasn't ready for my close up. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy it. I really really think it's really cool. Um I love the whole paper world and how like like things crumple and and or and and If if someone says, you know, oh my god, somebody took my eyes, my paper eyes, because I'm a paper (laughs) man, and my eyes are gone, so you select eyes and give them back to him, so you can then customize the world as you see fit. Someone says you need to find a pumpkin, so they give you an orange piece of paper, have you draw a pumpkin, press the scissors button, and boom, it cuts out the pumpkin, and that's the pumpkin you see for the rest of the game. That is really cool except I am not an artist so my pumpkin looks like shit. <laughs> that's,
0: that's the best part about it. He's like, oh this is my fucked up world. <laughs>
1: I can't draw. Hey, this is my an orange awful blob. Kill me now, pumpkin. <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> but no, I really so far so good. Those, those guys at Medium, guys and girls at Media Molecule know what's up.
0: Are you more charmed by Tearaway than you were by Little Big Planet when it first came out?
1: Um, yes, so far. Oh wow. It's good so far. I want to see how it ends, though. So, well, the fact that I play it to the end is a is a uh, compliment to Tearaway because I did not. I don't think I ever finished a Little Big Planet game.
2: Uh, what what is the gameplay like in Tearaway? Because I I mean I, I've seen screens in a little bit. I've I've not looked a whole lot into it. I know it's sort of like a <laughs> pop up book.
1: Yeah, it's um, the third person platforming with some puzzles, and the puzzles, uh, like I said, there is one puzzle where there's this like if you see a blue strip of land with the Uh, PlayStation symbols on it, square, triangle, XO. Mm -hmm. If you touch the back panel, literal fingers will come out of that.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite part.
1: You manipulate the fingers however you have to to progress. And then you'll see the white drum head with the symbols on it, and you press the back pad and he'll jump up. Now you'll see other things that are shiny and have what look like oily fingerprints on them. Now, those you use the touch screen and manipulate. That's neat. So, like, throughout the world, there are presents that you can find, like little side presents. And at the end of the ribbons are two of these fingerprint uh, thi- uh, material, I guess you'd call it. So that you put your fingers, two fingers on each side of the ribbon and pull it out. And that's how you open the present. So it's, it
2: sounds like the gameplay is is uh, is pretty nice because... Like we we're talking about Little Big Planet, I really thought the the creative aspect of it was cool, but I never thought the actual gameplay, as far as like platforming, I, I thought it was pretty weak. But so that would would you say the gameplay here is is a, a stronger point for this game than it was for Little Big Planet?
1: Um, no, I don't know about that. Hmm. Because I felt like Little Big Planet to me just felt so floaty. Um, no, it, no, he's not, he's not floating around. He's got some weight to him, even though he's a piece of paper. Right. Um, I suppose it's a different
0: kind of game, too. <clears throat> this is a 3D platformer, sure, right? Sure. Right.
1: And not only that, uh, in the beginning of the game, you can't even jump. You have to learn to do that. And huh. eventually, you'll learn to jump and you'll learn to roll and you'll learn to do other things. Fact, at the beginning, you're just walking around. So it, all, it encourages multiple playthroughs. In that there are things that you have to do to get bonuses in the beginning that you can't even do yet. So I wonder if I keep playing, if there's a hundred percent bonus, like the, an ending, a best ending for a hundred percent completion or something like that. Um, oh, and they also <laughs> they give you a camera at one point, and you can take pictures, and you'll see things that are white, and if you take their picture, they become colored in the, into the world, and then. You hook, you go to this website, and you put in your information, and it, you can print out directions on how to make those items in real papercraft.
2: Oh, that's cool. Nice. That, I uh, mean, that, that's, that's really very cool, actually.
1: It is, uh, but again, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that, because I'd more likely cut my finger on something. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I just don't have any
2: reason
0: to do papercraft. I yeah. feel like you have to be a very particular person who has that interest not see the, Well, the I, I think
1: that would be better suited like if I had a child. I could be like, hey, you want to see what I'm doing? And we could it would be like a make a craft day out of it. Yeah. That kind of thing.
0: Or if it was yeah. a Nintendo game and you had Josh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, guilty as charged.
1: <laughs> Ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah. Um, so one more game, I guess you could just mention this quickly because it was a demo. You, you had the Bravely Default demo. Tell us about yes, that. Because I don't know that everyone really knows what that is.
1: Bravely Default is, is what 16-bit Final Fantasy used to be, so everyone should play it. With Sold. Yeah, done. That's all you need to know. But seriously, it's the closest thing to Super <clears throat> Nintendo Final Fantasy that I've played in a long time. Right,
0: and it's actually developed by... I don't remember. Silicon Studio made 3 D Heroes.
1: Ah, I want to uh, play that game. That's a good game. Really? I liked it.
0: No, 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 no I, really- I liked it. I'm just surprised that that was it that they made that cuz 3D dot game heroes was not a square game that was for
1: atlas atlas yeah. yeah but yeah it's really cool it's a really really exciting game and one of the characters names is Ringabell R-I-N-G-A-B-E-L, R I N G A B E L which I just <laughs> I just find that very cute is there any particular gameplay hook that
0: makes it stand out you know aside from just being a regular RPG
1: sleep points and what that is is you can you can have your character not do anything on a turn, and they gain sleep points, and the more sleep points they get, the more powerful the attacks can become later on. Oh, okay. interesting. So it's interesting. like a, a risk-reward type thing. Do you wait, or do you attack right then and there? In
0: one of my favorite RPGs of all time, the Seventh Saga, there was a defend option, and if you defended right before attacking, your attacks would be stronger.
1: It's very strategic. I think uh, I hope that was the answer to the trivia question earlier. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what it was. Good work.
2: I think uh, another thing I had heard about as far as gameplay-wise, I, I haven't played enough of the demo to get even this far to know, but uh, I had heard that like if you're out and about you know, and, and um, you're going like from one town to the other, you can actually uh, take off random encounters or take off encounters entirely. Like If you're low on health and you need to get back to heal um apparently you can take away you know any kind of uh threats or mobs or anything that would uh, interfere with you from getting back so um sounds like it's pretty customizable i guess some people would call that cheating but i just cheating. call it cheating i i call it um uh, less frustrating convenience yeah less frustrating uh
1: so i i kind of like that yeah. i like it too it's very cool <clears throat> it's very cool i think i think the uh RPG buffs among you will really enjoy it. And now the the the
2: version that we're getting is actually like is it is it's a remake of the one that came out in Japan, right?
1: It's it's more like a uh, extended cut. Okay. Would probably be the best way to describe it because they added a bunch of stuff. Like it was it was the original was Bravely Default filing, fi- Flying Fairy and then the second one was Bravely Default uh, second something. I don't know. I don't remember. Bravely Second, it might have been called. No, that's the second game. I'm sorry. That's the sequel, um, which there was already a sequel, which makes me very happy. No, no. Now I don't remember what the uh, expansion was called, damn it. That's okay. Uh, oh, Bravely for Default the, for the for sequel. For the sequel, yeah. For the sequel. That's what it's called. Okay. that That's why I was confused. Got it. Got it. All right. Now, everyone. <laughs> Everything's everyone. okay now. Yes. We all we can we can uh we can move on.
0: Okay. Let's move on to a game that has a really cool demo since you just played that demo. Um a demo that's completely different from the actual game and and equally hilarious. Uh the Stanley Parable. I just played it yesterday. Um really short, but a lot of Different options, tons of different paths, a bunch of different endings, and uh, just a, a super interesting, very entertaining. Um, I think who's played this also. Mike also played it, and and Josh, did you play it also, uh, Jason? Yeah,
1: yeah, Uh It's waiting on my Steam, waiting to be played. Okay, so we won't we won't reveal we too much about it.
2: It's hard to really talk about this game at all without giving everything away. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the game is
0: about a, an office worker, essentially, named Stanley, who just one day in his office starts to listen to the voice of the narrator, and the narrator basically runs the game. So you walk out, you find that no one's in your office, and the narrator starts to describe what Stanley does. He, he tells it as if it's a story, and then, then you can get to points in the story where he says one thing, but you see that there are two clear options. Like he said, Stanley went through the left door to go to the meeting room, but you can go through the right door. And then everything you do changes what the narrator says, and everything the narrator says is instructional for what you can do. So you're kind of like playing back and forth off of all of these pre-recorded narrative segments, and it's just super cool, and it gets really crazy, and... Um, and and funny in a lot of ways um another one is like you he walked straight into the door that read something or other but to the left you see scribbled on the wall it says escape with an arrow and i mean do i go where it where it says obviously escape or do i go to this ominous looking door um then you make that choice and and uh it's just it's it's great how you end up in just absurd places that you could never even imagine from uh, from the original office setting and and you could even get to points where like you think you broke the game or like it seems like the game is broken but but it just comes back or 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 the narrator will restart the game back from the beginning, but it'll be a continuation of that particular playthrough. And there are something like, I don't know, 20 endings to the game, all based on what you do. And there's a lot of just just hidden stuff that you can find. And and a few Easter eggs, too, uh, related to other games. And like TPS reports from from Office Space, Mm -hmm. you could find that. Mm -hmm. A lot of of interesting stuff. So cool. I I adored it. I mean, I kind of marathoned through it. I I wanted to get every single ending. So I did it. Pretty systematically and methodically, and I kind of turned it into a chore for myself. But you know, for 80 percent of the time that I played, it was just smile on my face, you know, watching and listening, and and you know, anticipating what was going to come next. It was just
2: so so good. You guys, you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I, I did the same thing as you. Like when I finally, like when I figured out you know sort of what was happening because like i, I went to the game blind i i mean i yeah i g- heard good things and i i saw it was real cheap on a steam sale so i i went ahead and bought it and um when i finally kind of figured out what it was about like kind of what you're supposed to do i did the same thing you did i just kind of went down a path and decided you know let me try this okay and i come back and let me try that and just so i could you know figure everything out but i i that game it, it's good but i think um I think what really makes it is the narration. Um, I I don't know the the actor who did the the narration there, some British guy, but it, it was it was very funny. Um, he he really did make the whole thing. So like, if you were you know had a um, if you had somebody narrating that that didn't really have the chops for it, I don't think the game would be nearly as interesting. Mm. Yeah, because you don't really do anything, right? Right. (laughs) You
0: just kind of walk through, he describes, and you see what happens. Other than that, you're just walking, essentially. You can click on a few different things here and there, maybe a few buttons, whatever. One other thing that was really interesting that basically sold me on the game was I downloaded the demo. The demo does not include a single item from the game you you essentially walk into like a sort of a i guess a waiting room maybe like a a, a facility of sorts and they say you're going to be testing the game this is what the game is like and the narrator's there and he runs you through all this different stuff to to give you the experience of the game and and i don't know it was just so perfect the way it was not really a demo and it was just like it was almost like an, an advertisement for the game, but <laughs> done in the style of the game. It, it's just so good, and I mean, this was a this was actually a mod a few years back, but I knew nothing about it for whatever reason. And uh, coming into it this year was it was just incredible, and I feel like it fits really well with, um, I guess, the trend of these these sort of Spectatorly adventure games, like uh, another one is Gone Home, which I think more of us have played, and it's another one that I really liked. I um, love that game. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to you want to give us a just a little intro and tell us what you thought about it because you played that recently too, right?
1: I played it. Um, I got that in Papers, Please around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I didn't know what to expect from Going Home. See, I played the entire game, waiting for the horror shoe to drop. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Like, when is this guy going to come kill me? And it never happened. Instead, it was a very nice, very thoughtful story. Yeah. And it was very, very cool. Of course, I can't tell anyone that that I try and describe the game to because that could possibly ruin it. So if neither of you have played it yet, whoops. Yeah.
2: I I think we've all played it, haven't we? I think
1: we've all
0: played it. I actually went in not expecting it to be a horror game. I just kind of took the took the story as it was and I was like oh no one's home this is my house yeah. I'm just going to look around <laughs> and, but it still worked you know it still worked yeah. fine there were a few very very small instances where I was like wait is that blood <laughs> yeah and then but but always like a second later they were like no
2: just kidding so well the the thunder is like when you walk in that's oh, really yeah, what you know it's dark you hear the thunder and everything it's so like I'm in the, the, the foyer or the foyer or whatever the hell you call it and um when you first walk into the house the lobby there you go <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so you know I, I go into the bathroom and i turn the light on and i'm like okay nothing there i go back out and i go to the like to the main hallway and there of course is a turn in the hallway and i'm thinking okay okay this is where it's gonna happen <laughs> and, and like, there's slender man <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm psyching myself up, you know? And and I finally turn, I'm like, ah, and there's nothing there. But then there's a closet, and, I'm, and it's kind of cracked. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be right here. So I open the closet, and okay, of course, nothing there. But I, I, pretty much like Jason said, throughout the whole game, I kept feeling like something was going to happen.
1: It's like someone's hiding in this cabinet. No, it's Super Nintendo tapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nostalgia all over
0: that game. Because it's basically oh. like the 90s. It's set
2: in 95,
0: isn't it? Yeah. 90-something. 90, oh, 90 something like that. You're, yeah, something you're, with you're cassette there. tapes and VHSs. And <laughs> it's just so good. And, like, so the story... It's hard to really talk about, but okay. So we'll say that the story is told primarily through notes from another character or or a number of other characters, but one in particular. And you you kind of... Get a sense of everyone's life through these notes, and it, it's all very normal in a way. I mean, there are very particular aspects of their stories that make them interesting or, or make them special, but but in a way, I feel like everyone who has lived can relate to so much that's going on in these games, like you know, going out to parties, making new friends in school, um, you know. Uh, rebelling uh, against whatever against the man against your your parents against whatever um, Society. you know first love whatever <laughs> um, and it just I found myself really really just connecting with the game happy smiling you know by the end I had i had maybe felt like shedding tears um, but But it was just a great experience for me. And uh, it kind of stuck with me afterwards. I was like, wow, that was so good. And I just kind of sat there thinking how good it was.
3: Yeah, I I found myself halfway through pulling for for characters as you unveiled the story of why, you know, your character's family wasn't home. I, I found myself pulling for certain characters based on their circumstances. And come the end, I was like, I had the, the biggest smile on my face and I was so happy and it just it reminds you of of, you know, what it was like for you when you were younger and it also captures does a really good job of capturing the essence of uh, of just what society was like in the mid nineties. Um, with, you know, not just the, like, society as a whole, but also, like, the house itself um, did a good job of capturing that feel with the music and the technology and everything that was there. And, you know, being a being a child who grew up in the 90s, it's just, I felt such a heavy connection to the setting and the characters that, like, come the end, I was just, I was blown away. I, I I was just, I was in love with the story and the way it was presented. Yeah.
0: And you know what? It's not even just the story either. Like, that's the thing that people really focus on and obviously we're focusing on. But I think the mechanics of the game are also very good. Now, this was made by the Fulbright Company, who worked on Minerva's Den, you know, Bioshock 2 expansion, and, and some other stuff. But I think that the way that there is a constant sense of discovery through your exploration of the house is is sort of um undermined in a way by how good the story is because the way that you're kept playing with i i mean i guess it's it's sort of part of the story it's it's a connection of narrative and gameplay but but the you know finding new Paths to take and and notes that reveal information that allow you to go to other places in the house and and the way that it all flows back and forth through spaces that you've seen or that you've you've noticed and couldn't go to before is just it's really satisfying. I mean, I just i I feel like that doesn't get mentioned much, but mechanically it's very strong as well as narratively, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I also I I think of it to myself as. The way that Gone Home was run and the way the pre- the story was presented, the gameplay was presented, it was – it that could only be done. It's, it's the epitome of, of something that could only be done in the medium of video games. Yeah. Like, try to picture that exact scenario but trying to be conveyed via, like, book or television or movie. Like, for a television or movie, there's no way that would work out and be as compelling – the only way it would work is if they had flashbacks, as Lots as your character reading the entries, <laughs> and that w- that might become disorienting, and it wouldn't get the point across as strongly because you are not the one finding this information. In if this was done in say TV or film, you're watching a person, find right?
0: It. It'll pull you out of out of Kate's per, uh, perspective, essentially. Exactly. Kate being the girl who you're playing as. Who comes home from, uh, I guess a study abroad term? Exactly. Yeah, you're always you're always there with her, even though the story is not not really about her at all. No, it's not. Yeah, it's about her her sister. But anyway, um, so that's Gone Home. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say because we don't want to ruin it. I would hate to do that to someone. It's too good. But yeah, if you're listening and you haven't played it, please do. It's so good. Um, I feel like we've I have a lot more games that I've been playing lately, but we don't need to talk about them because we're kind of coming up on uh, overtime here. Um, but Oorties. yeah, it's been, it's been a good winter for games for me, and a uh, good way to escape from the cold. Oh
1: my god, <laughs> Polar Vortex bullshit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Vortex. But anyway guys, thanks for joining me today. Right. I love talking about games that we've been playing.
2: Yes, we do. And we'll probably
0: yes. get back into some more topical discussions uh, coming up soon. Um, so yeah, this is versus node. Uh, we're we're really coming out with a lot more shows more rapidly than ever lately. I don't know what happened. Someone was inspired or something. Um, but yeah, Woo-hoo! you could find us on Twitter at GamerNode. Um, I'm at Eddie Inzato. Jason is at Big Man Finelli. Josh is at Average Josh. And Mike is at underscore Merfo underscore. Um, Double
1: underscore action. Yeah,
0: so talk to us. Um, <laughs> if you want to hear anything discussed on Versus Node, drop us a line there uh, at GamerNode or, or to any of us, and the message will will come through for sure. Um, email us, Node at gamernode.com. That's V S. N-O-D-E at and please if you like the show or if you hate it uh, if you have something <laughs> to suggest to us um, <laughs> rate us and and review us and, and please subscribe on iTunes and we're also on Stitcher so uh, yep that's it, uh, episode 52 thanks for listening talk to you later